Hey, it's Stephen Henderson. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about Noel Night, the holiday celebration that takes place every year in Midtown Detroit, right before the end of the year holidays. Sue Mosey, who is the executive director of Midtown Detroit, is going to join us to talk about what you can do at Noel Night and how significant this event has become to the city and the season. And of course, remember, WDET is a participant in Noel Night, and that means from 5 to 10 p.m. on Saturday, you can come see our offices and our studios and meet the personalities that you hear on the station. I am really pleased to welcome Sue Mosey back to Detroit Today. Sue, it is great to have you here in studio. Thank you so much. Yeah. So uh, let's start with uh, Noel Night. Uh, For those who maybe don't know, I can't imagine who that would be after 49 years. But uh, let's talk about what Noel Night is. What happens here in Midtown uh, each December? Yeah, well, think about it as just a giant open house, pretty much of an entire neighborhood. Um, This is the one night of the year that pretty much everybody gets together, kind of town and gown at the university and all the cultural institutions with all the bars, the restaurants, the retail shops, the entertainment venues, pretty much everything we have in the area. Uh, Just everybody figures out a way to celebrate the holidays and kind of get involved. So uh, it's typically the largest, you know, uh, revenue night of the year for all the businesses. So that's part of the reason why it's so critical from our perspective, to keep this tradition alive, especially since people are still, you know, reeling from some of the impacts from COVID. So it's a huge celebration. It's a great economic uplift for the neighborhood. And there's always a lot of different things to explore and figure out. And yet you still have a lot of the same traditions you've had for 49 years. Yeah. Um, we've had to change up a few things over the years. You know, with M1 Rail, we no longer can do our big closure of Woodward. Uh, you know, that's been sort of a bummer, you know, because that was kind of a big center point. But we've tried to offset that with just adding lots of new venues everywhere else all over the neighborhood. So this year we actually have 27 new venues that really reflect also the growth of the neighborhood in terms of just all these new businesses uh, that have really opened and even arts and cultural organizations that are new to the new to the uh, Midtown District. So. Uh, lots of lots of new places to explore. Yeah. So I, I grew up here in the city, and uh, I just turned fifty three. So this has existed mostly my entire my entire life, and I can remember really clearly uh, some early Noel nights in in my life being uh, at the different institutions. It was different back then than it is now. Uh, my, the highlight for me always was going through the historical museum, of course, mm-hmm. and their their holiday decorations. But then also the children's museum is what I really remember, which used to be right across from the from the DIA, and you could go in there and make all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, but talk about how it has changed over the years. It is so much bigger of an event now, and it, I think even in our cultural consciousness, it occupies a really different space than it did when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, I think we've um, really broadened the types of uh, performances. We've been very intentional about making sure that this is a place anybody in Detroit or Metro Detroit feels they can come and perform, right? So we have some national acts that are uh, really interesting and, and kind of bring in, I think, a bit of a higher profile and maybe some uh, folks who might not otherwise come down. But the bread and butter of this event is like homegrown 
uh, arts and culture. So uh, people really respond to that. That's been the, a longstanding part of it. We've expanded that. We've been able to expand some of the offerings due to new facilities like the new Hillberry Gateway. Uh, we're really looking forward to be able to expand next year, hopefully into the Valade Center, just doing more jazz there. Uh, we've added a lot of um, uh, interesting music this year to the DIA, to the Symphony, uh, the Cube, to the to MoCAD, um, and we have been very, I think, intentional about bringing in a big mix of stuff for everyone to enjoy. Also, lots of arts and crafts, hands-on stuff, and we have a couple of really interesting puppet mm-hmm. performances this year. Yeah. So we have one that's actually been um, put together by Sharonova, who's by Brightest Diamond, doing uh, a big production with Detroit Puppet Company and the Detroit Opera. And that's going to be premiered at First Congregational Church. It's going to be unreal. So people should really try and come down for this. It will be a very unique experience. Uh, there's multiple shows going on that night. We're also doing the Cardboard Theater Company over at the Detroit Public Library. Last year, we were not able to have the public library open because they had still been dealing with flooding issues. Many of you might know there was a huge flooding event here yeah. in the Cultural Center. This year, they are fully loaded. They have all kinds of uh, writers' activities, and they have ornament making. They have Santa. We have puppet theater. You have a <laughs> lot of things going on for families at the public library this year. Super excited that they're back reopened. The DIA is open, but it will be in limited venues this year. Uh, we have some really beautiful uh, national classical uh, presentations going on in the film theater along with Mosaic. We have uh, the Montreal Guitar Trio doing a Christmas program from around the world traditions in Rivera Court. Uh, there's going to be make and take activities in the <laughs> Crystal Gallery. And Santa will be holding court in Great Hall, which is a annual tradition to visit Santa at the Art Museum on Noel Night. <laughs> so that is being preserved. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so although they have, were not able to, to- re- uh, totally reopen the museum fully this year due to lack of enough volunteers and staffing, uh, we will have some very beautiful presentations over there. And CCS is fully loaded for their art sale, the big event of the year for mm-hmm. them. They have over 100 and, um, 120 alumni and student artists all selling their beautiful artwork that night. Great opportunity yeah. for great holiday shopping. We have another vendor marketplace at Woodward and, uh, Woodward and Warren, the big Wayne State lot. That's got about 40 vendors. Wayne has their student art sale in the Welcome Center. That's another 40. <laughs> We've got the Fleet Detroit Vintage pop-up sale with another 40 at Majestic. And then Blick Art Supplies curates a big art uh, um, art sale event, along with the Detroit Artist Market's big holiday market. So, I mean, literally, you probably have 300 <laughs> uh, local entrepreneurs and artists yeah. selling their wares at Noel Night. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the change in this event, I think, reflects a lot of the change in energy uh, in Midtown over the last—I uh, I don't know what the what the exact time frame is—but it's but it's more than a decade now. It's really closer to two uh, that we've really made this cultural center of uh, of the city a gathering place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a place that welcomes people from all over Metro Detroit to to have fun, to see shows, to go to restaurants, to to work, to live. Uh, it wasn't like this for a really long time uh, and and you know the 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 change in Noel night I guess uh, is is a is a byproduct of all of the other things that we've done here yeah and we are um, and some of your listeners may be aware or may not be aware we've been working for the last five years on a very robust re-envisioning of the cultural center core footprint mm-hmm. it's this really exciting project 
uh, that will, over time and phases, allow us to physically connect, redo all this and, and, and put in all stormwater infrastructure in, in, in the district, speaking of the flooding uh, concerns that we all have and the kind of insurance payouts that had to be yeah. <laughs> made to support yeah. all that. So huge emphasis, emphasis on sustainability in this plan, beautiful landscaping. Um, connecting all these institutions through a beautiful pathway, um, all kinds of uh, ways to create a big public green space in the current parking lot behind the art museum. So th- those are the you know longer term visions. I think I think it's the next big opportunity for the Woodward Corridor and for Detroit. And we are out there uh, raising money. We did get a $12 million earmark uh, in the last budget. Uh, We are raising money everywhere we can to start on the first phase of that. And we think that is really the long-term biggest bang for your buck project for for the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. We're talking with uh, Sue Mosey. She's the executive director of Midtown Detroit, Inc. We're talking about a huge event that happens here in the center of the city every December Noel night. It is uh, this Saturday from uh, 5 to 10 p.m. in the Cultural Center and uh, Midtown Detroit. It is free to the public. It's a chance to interact with a number of the different uh, institutions that make up the Cultural Center Uh, and Midtown, including WDET. Uh, You will be able to come into our offices and our studios, see how we put shows like Detroit Today together and all the other great programming that you hear here on uh, 101.9. We uh, would love to hear from you as well during the conversation here. Uh, Give us a call. Are you planning to come down for Noel Night? Do you have memories of Noel Night the way I do as someone who grew up here in the 70s and 80s? Have you noticed how different it is, how much more subscribed Noel Night is, and, of course, all the changes uh, that have happened in Midtown? 313-577-1019 is the number here. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Twitter, hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we can make you part of the conversation that way. Sue, I've got you here, and so I want to talk a little about uh, something that's coming up for you you're going to retire as executive director of Midtown uh, soon. Uh, I want to go back to those beginning days when you were just starting to to, to try to get things going uh, in this area and and uh, re reimagine sort of uh, what this could be, what this space could be in the city, and talk about h- how much we've accomplished uh, uh, over that time. I mean, it, there's no similarity really to uh, to, to that time, to the difficulty, just getting any project off the ground, financed and built and open here. It's, uh, it's a remarkable change. Yeah. So I've been here 36 years, um, went to Wayne State. Um, and uh, really when we first started working on sort of the first wave of trying to uh, upgrade the neighborhood, it was really all about just small-scale, um, yeah. low-hanging fruit, a mm-hmm. lot of small-scale apartment buildings that were vacant. Actually, a lot of property was vacant at that time. Uh, uh, small apartment buildings, tons of vacant land, um, bigger apartment buildings that were vacant, um, a lot that needed a lot of um, investment that had just been let go by slumlords. And, I mean, it was really a difficult time. 
And, um, you know, we we basically started working with a couple of foundations, Hudson Weber being the big one, Mm -hmm. uh, who really uh, helped me seed fund a bunch of really critical early investments in the neighborhood. Funds that we were able to get homegrown local developers, really uh, early money to start putting together their plans for these buildings. Mm -hmm. And these were all local folks, some of which had zero experience, but they had a vision, they had a passion for wanting to do something in the neighborhood. Many of them came out of Wayne State, to be honest, um, and really wanted to just do something in the neighborhood that they had a natural affinity for. And we were able to get, you know, lots of people uh, funded and starting to do these projects. Well, I remember the banks at the time didn't believe anyone would want to live here. The uh, appraisers finally started seeing properties were filling up at pretty reasonable rent rates. And then people started freeing up like real capital uh, for projects. And then they just got bigger and you still have a lot of the same homegrown people doing the doing projects here. Like they've just gotten bigger, so they made us started with four units, and now maybe they're at sixty units, mm. right? But that's over thirty six years, so mm. I wouldn't say this is like record speed, you know. <laughs> right. um, now, of course, we have we have on the in the pipeline much bigger projects uh, along Woodward that should be uh, breaking ground in the not too distant future. I mean, now you it's not unusual to see two hundred units, two hundred fifty units, three hundred fifty units now, but for decades and decades, if you could get twenty units and then a 40 unit and then a 60 unit. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a real victory, you know, and housing has always been the priority for us um, because you really need to have residents living here to make uh, a local economy really work. Yeah. Do we need the visitors? Do we need employees too? But ultimately your day to day, you need those, you need those residents to be here uh, in your neighborhood. That's been a priority. Historic preservation has been a huge priority for us. We have saved so many important historic buildings here that either would have been demoed, that yep. were damaged by fire, all people, cars run into them. I mean, you wouldn't believe the story. So we have saved many, many of the built uh, structures here that we believe really contribute to the uniqueness of the neighborhood and the history of the neighborhood. So that's been a huge priority. Yeah. So as you exit at least this role, and you're not wandering off into the distance, I mean, you're going to stay really involved, I know, with uh, with a lot of the things that are still going on uh, here. But, but, but talk about... Um, uh, that change and whether we're at the place where it's, I, I know it's not easy to to get things done still in Detroit, but, but I guess I'm trying to get at how much easier it is. How much have we uh, removed some of those barriers that, uh, that stood in the way for well, so I think long? There's, I think in terms of small business development, of which we've done a ton here, like we raised during COVID $2 million just in rent relief for people. I mean, I think in terms of the small business development all across the city, like there's a huge group of people now that have embraced that. There's lots of funders. There's a city. There's the Detroit Economic Growth Corporation. There's Tech Town. There's Bill. I mean, there are so many prosperous. There are so many organizations that have been funded up to help uh, small entrepreneurs all over the city. Yeah. And that has made a huge difference. And I think that that is something that's going to only accelerate. Um, and that's been critical for our neighborhood, too. We've had huge numbers of small businesses. We lost businesses during COVID as well, but mm-hmm. we certainly gained far more than we lost, which I think is, was pretty much a national trend. So I think that is got really good energy and will just continue and hopefully get even stronger in Detroit. Um, I think the economic development side and the real estate side is still very difficult. You still have to take every single project and you have to, you know, 
like just grind it out over years to still get your capital stack to work, to get your site plan to work, to get your lenders confident, you know, and then in the, in the meantime, all kinds of crazy things go on, right? You mm-hmm. know, you have the 9-11, you have the recession, you have COVID. I mean, you know, just you're always going to have these macro events, <laughs> you know, that, that, you know, don't kill usually most deals, but they do delay them and delays cause more money. And then you have to chase more money. And property tax, uh, property taxes and the level of those taxes in our neighborhood are a huge deterrent to yeah. development yeah. because they're just far too high. And um, they make and they don't give the development community confidence on the front end about what their taxes are really even going to be. I mean, it's it's really hard to even be able to get your appraisers and your lenders confident about like what, and that's such a huge part of your operating expense Absolutely. in Detroit. It's a, it's a still a very tough. Uh, so anything that can be done to rationalize property taxes for the local residents who are homeowners, as well as for all the businesses, developers, and because uh, remember who really pays these taxes? It's all added to the rents of your small businesses right. and your re- and your rental tenants. I mean, it's not the developers at the end of the day, but the developers have to be able to finance a project. And if it shows that the rents are going to be too high, they're not within market comps, nothing can be financed. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Sue Mosey, it is always great to see you. Uh, Thank you so we'll much. We'll be very excited to see you on Noel Night. And I will be by. In Detroit. Yeah, okay. be by here at uh, WDET. 4,600 casts will be open from 5 to 10 Saturday night. Today's episode of Detroit Today was produced by Sam Corey and Nick Austin. Our technical director and engineer is Nate Bender. Our assistant producer is Maddie Boyer. Editing and mixing is by Connor Anderson. Our music is by Sam Bobian and Will Sessions. Our podcast manager is David Lyons, and our program director is Adam Fox. Detroit Today is a production of WDET Public Radio. If you love the conversations we have on Detroit Today, consider donating to WDET, the public radio station in Detroit that we call home. If you want to be a part of the conversation and call in, you can listen live every day on WDET.org or on the WDET mobile app. Or if you live in Southeast Michigan and still love listening to good old-fashioned radio like me, tune in to 1019 FN.